Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is Mara. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. I would like us all first to just spend a few moments stilling our souls with the Niles Be Still Thy Soul as we join our spirits together in a mass of non-judgmental love. Imagine as you're listening to this song and as you're breathing in through the soles of your feet, you're pulling positive energy up the front of your thighs and your calves, your thighs, crossing over to your buttocks, and you're beginning to align your chakra, your, di- your divining rod. So you're going to line up your chakras, and you're going to let go of any fear that's in your mind and heart today. And for just the three minutes and 40 seconds, You're going to clear your mind of the woes of the world. And you're going to release those woes back to the earth from whence they came as you move past the base chakra. Pulling your cleansing, fearless breath up now, let us come to the sacral chakra, the zone of creativity. Ignite in you the spirit of fresh ideas, of new possibilities. As you pull this fearless breath through the sacral chakra and ignite the fearless breath with creative breaths. Moving forward, pulling fearless creative breath, let us go into the solar plexus the zone of healing. As you rest in that zone with your fearless creative breath, infuse your breath with healing energy so that your entire body begins to feel fresh. So that you begin to infuse every atom of your body with the belief that the ultimate healer is you. And that turns on where your mind is. And for right now, let us have clear, open minds. Let us now pull our breath, our fearless, creative healing breath up to our heart. Oh my What is zone that needs repair? What is zone that needs healing? What is zone that we neglect? We operate on such a kindred spirit type of love in our hearts that when our heart is not infused with love for the opposite sex, we many times allow our bodies to crunch over it to protect it. When it's not infused with appreciation from others for our kind acts and deeds, we pull ourselves in and hunch our shoulders over so that our heart is protected. Let us thrust back our shoulders. Expose your heart. Release any negative energy that you have in your heart about yourself. 
once again infuse your heart with the fearless, creative, healing energy as we move forward to the throat chakra, pulling love with us. Pull a breath of fearless, creative, healing, loving energy into your voice box. I dare to suggest to you that is the zone of the greatest pain. It causes wars within our lives, within our world, within our species. As we forget the power of kindness and instead get enwrapped, enraptured in the power of fear, of judgment, of inadequacy. And we would strike out with our words in an effort to prove our value. I'd like you to forgive yourself for ill-spoken, ill-thought-out words as you're pulling fearless, creative, healing, loving energy into your voice box, the voice, the throat chakra. Release your negative words. And now, forgive others their negative words to you. Words live on forever. And yet, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. How kind are you with your God words, with God as you speak out and show the ever-presence connective energy that you share with God. Moving forward, pulling creative, excuse me, fearless, creative, healing, loving, and forgiving of yourself and others' energy. As the breath gets bolder and bolder, it moves up to the third eye. As you rest there, that is the zone of manifestation. So many times we manifest the future and we manifest it without God present. And yet God is only present. The rest of it is a creation from your mind and my mind. Many times a shared creation which we jointly give energy to. For right now, for today, let us take our fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving energy and let us manifest for today a day of kind words, kind deeds, kind thoughts about ourselves, kind thoughts about others, seeing the best in all that are around us and knowing that we are all enough. And that there is enough 
if we can infuse our lives with kindness and let us just live in the now. Let us open the present of this moment. Feel our union with God and know that all is well. Let us then pull breath that is infused with fearlessness, creativity, healing, loving, forgiving, and manifesting energy up to our crown chakra. And let us open the top of our head as though there was a baseball cap there and allow our energy to connect. Let us join our breath with God's breath. Let us be one. And now breathe out, I am valuable. And when you begin your next breath, as you're working to still your soul, breathe in, I am loved. Breathe out, I am valuable. As we go with Annihilus, be still thy soul.
Make me one source of light. Three minutes and 40 seconds. You can download it for free by going to Firing the Grid. It is a song that was created for that particular event, which occurs perhaps not annually, but regularly. And the whole purpose of Firing the Grid is for people to join together at the same time around the world and coalesce our thinking into thinking that is love, that is light, that is believing in the best of all things, perhaps believing in that part of our lives that many question can ever happen, our living together in peace, our living together in harmony, our respecting our differences and our valuing that survival requires us all to work cooperatively and collaboratively not to become political, but something much different than the idea that only the haves and the have-nots need exist, but instead a world of haves, a world where we all are valued for who we are, where our unique contributions matter. where we jump to seeing how we can do that as opposed to that can't happen. Those are huge obstacles in our path at times. And each and every one of us experience and live those obstacles. And the firing the grid was the joining together of people meditating to songs such as Be Still Thy Soul and others together all at the same time. I have done other similar events, but I've only done that event once, and I did it with my grandson. And we got up at 3 o'clock in the morning so that we would be aligned with others at all different times of day around the world. And it was beautiful. And it was uplifting. And I sometimes wonder why I haven't allowed room for more of that behavior in my life. Instead of occupying my mind, my days, my life, with work. Each one of us has something that we know is an impediment to our peace. And the program today is The Road to Peace, Overcoming Negative Thinking. And we're going to talk about that. And I invite you to call in to talk about this. And the guest call-in number is 646-595-3584. Negative thinking 
This morning I pulled a card from uh, Neil Donald Walsh's Conversation with God cards. I have to tell you, if you don't have a set, I encourage you to get one. I have two sets. And they're not expensive. I don't think they're expensive. And um, But what I like about those cards is that they sometimes center my thinking, my mind, back to my peace. And the one that I pulled today that is a most significant moment to what we're doing today is if you don't go within, you go without. And what I've come to recognize is that there's kind of a bit of a deep thinking quality in some very basic words. And that card exemplifies that. If I don't go within for me and spend some time unifying my mind with my spirit, then I will live in the chaos that is outside of me. I will live without. I will live without my peace and I will live as a part of the drama that is playing on around each and every one of us every day as people are struggling to show that they are enough and that they are valuable. If I had a a hammer, I would pound it now in such a way that it would reverberate through my phone with an echoing, powerless, angry sound, because that's what anger is generally, it's powerless. And it echoes on and on and on. And why would I do that? Because I want to remind each and every person who listens to this program, no matter when you listen to it, today, right now, or another day, another time, Whether you listen to it once or you listen to it 20 times, I want to remind you that the only person over whom you have any control is yourself. But more importantly, I want to remind you, you are enough. You are valuable. You have meaning. There is something that you are here to contribute. What you are here to contribute may not be the most enlightened message there is, but from what you contribute, you are provided an opportunity to grow into the enlightened being that you are. Today is Neil Donald Walsh Day because he has a beautiful story that I have shared many times over the last seven and a half years. It hasn't changed. Perhaps the listeners have changed, but the story has not. And I call it the story of the littlest soul. There may be a different name and perhaps I should look it up out of courtesy and respect to him. 
But one day, a group of angels were standing talking to God on the other side. And they were as we envision angels to look. Let's not tie ourselves to that so that when we pass, if we see something very different, we are able to recognize the peace of the other side, no matter how human-esque it may be. But for today, let us envision that God looks exactly like us and every, the angels look exactly like us and everyone travels only here. And if that is what you believe, then believe that with all your heart, your mind, and your soul forever. It will not matter. There is no right way. So the little angel is there, and he comes rushing up to this group of very, very old, wise angels and God, just chit-chatting. And he comes over and he says, God, God, I want to forgive. I want to experience forgiveness, forgiving someone. I want to experience the emotion that is associated with forgiveness. And God looks at this beautiful young little angel, this beautiful spirit, and says, little angel, there's nothing to forgive here. And that is because there people were remembering kindness, thoughtfulness, and control over themselves. But the little angel was downtrodden at that suggestion. He was sad and he walked away and his wings were trailing behind him and he felt so powerless. Remember, in order for him to forgive, someone has to have done something that requires forgiveness. And he was disenchanted and he's walking away and suddenly this luminous soul steps out from the group. The angel is so bright and is so enlightened that one would need sunglasses to look at him. And he says, little angel, I'll let you forgive me. The little angel turns around, he flips his wings up and he flutters up into the air and he says, oh, oh, but to the older soul, I ask one thing from you. And the little angel said, what? Anything, anything. And he said, remember who I am. My dear friends, we are of the body and the body is one. Some parts of the body have come to provide us an opportunity to forgive. And in our handling that situation, 
in our forgiving, we provide them enlightenment, a lesson in love. So what does that have to do with negative thinking? So much because it has to do with our peace. We have no control over those who choose to come into our lives or whom we have invited into our lives through our manifestation or who have invited us into their lives through manifestation. We have only control over ourselves. I was noticing recently that my mind was getting caught up in judging myself and judging others. And because I believe in no coincidence, I happened to watch, I think it's a public broadcasting system program that had Wayne, Dr. Wayne Dyer on it. Excuse me just a second. <coughs> and Dr. Dyer, he may have used different words, but that was fundamentally it. The road to peace. And he said, when you find your mind is judging, correct it. And when you find your actions are judging, correct them. So here I was, judging myself as inadequate. And in the process, I was inadequate based on the behavior of other people that I was unable to control. And so I should have said this, and I should have said that, or I should have done this. Have any of you thought about the shoulda, woulda, couldas? I, I recognize they're all in the past. So if that person who knows how to change what he or she did in the past, but please call in 646-595-3584. We can't do it. It's immutable. It's done. And so I realized that when I was judging others, I was judging myself. And when I'm judging myself, I'm judging others. And the reality is the only one of the whole group that I have any power over is me. So what if I'm not perfect? Who is? Should I allow that to cause me not to try? No. If someone is angry and their anger directs at me, should I allow that to cause me to be angry? When the anger emanates from within them and there is no way I can quell their anger except by controlling how I react. If my day is a bad day, is that because someone else's behavior made it bad? Or is it because I chose to allow my mind to become consumed with negative thoughts and allow those negative thoughts to affect who I am. 
and in the process, I forget who that person is. I have invited them into my life so that I can experience the joy and the peace of forgiveness. I have invited them into my life so that I can experience the peace of not engaging in chaos. I have invited them into my life not as a diminution of who I am or who they are, but as recognition that I am enough. There are human beings who have made choices beyond all belief, but we cannot change the past. We may need to contain those people so that they don't harm and hurt others in the future. More likely than not, we do. But that does not need to turn us in to them. That does not mean if someone has a negative judgment of me, that that judgment is true. Because what happens when one believes negative thoughts about you that you're hearing others hold is you begin acting those thoughts. You begin affirming them by your deeds. And if you say, no, not me, not me, If you say, no, not me, not me, you're keeping your mind focused on what you are not and you are not showing what you are. Who I am. Who I am. Who I am. I am enough. I do not need to be perfect. And if I do something in this moment that I'm unhappy with, then I can change it in the next moment because our lives are flexible. And when I do get angry, when I prefer that I not, that sucks energy out of my day that I need to put back in. And yet, how seldom do I take the three minutes and 40 seconds to listen to Aniles be still, thy soul. Just to refresh, to remind myself. Just to have peace in the midst of the world's chaos. Blaming myself and blaming others interferes with my peace, my journey. And I work on that. I have placed myself in a situation where I'm dealing with 
a person who screams for peace but is learning lessons in removing the impediments, the impediments of thinking that we can control others, the impediments of needing recognition, the impediment of control. I do not control. And I know that multiple times throughout this program, I have read to you portions of The Shack by William Paul Young. And it seems that today, as in so many of those other days, that needs to be reset, reread. There was a point in time when I thought no one would listen to this program because I had nothing new to add. And now I realize that I do this program for myself and I should be doing it more often for myself. And I hope that those who need to hear what I say listen and if it doesn't fit in their lives, it does not change the fact that it fits in mine. I... The book, The Shack, is written about a man who had a terrible loss in his life. It was so deep a loss, and I encourage you to read it. It's by William Paul Young, as I said earlier. It is such a deep loss that it admired him in the past as deeply and as strongly and as immutably as the dinosaurs were stuck in the tar at the La Brea tar pits. You ever have that happen in your life? I do have a suggestion for how to remove yourself from the tar, to let go of that which is done and embrace that which is now. But before we do that, I'd like to share with you a portion of the shack. And I do believe that there have been beautiful, beautiful storytellers and messengers who have come to us to remind us that we are enough and that we have value. And their names are Muhammad and Buddha and Jesus and countless other names as we are reminded by God that we are all his children or her children and that we are all a part of the process. And so as I read this, uh, rather than saying Jesus, the one word that all faiths, that all dogmas, that all religions, all philosophies seem to share in common is the word God. So I'm going to use God not to undercut the wonderful, beautiful power of Jesus, but to expand the story so that its universality is known, can be seen. Please keep in mind that the word Catholic, the first church of Jesus, 
means universal. So God is encouraging Mac to walk on water, and he's afraid. And then he looked down at the water, and he looked back at God, and he said, why is this so hard for me? Here Mac is standing by water, being in, with God beside him, a posture we always are standing in, my friends. God is always beside us. We are never alone. Then why is this so hard for me? Why is it hard for us to believe in kindness and charity? Some of us were taught that in kindergarten. In Bible school, you've got to have faith Hope and charity, that's the way to live successfully. How do we know? The Bible tells us so. What was I, two? Don't worry about tomorrow. Just be real good today. The Lord is right beside you. He'll guide you all the way. Why can't we believe that? Tell me what you are afraid of, Mac. Well, let me see. What am I afraid of, began Mac. Well, I'm afraid of looking like an idiot. I'm afraid you are making fun of me and that I will sink like a rock. I imagine that exactly God interrupted. You imagine Such a powerful ability, the imagination. That power alone makes you so like us. But without wisdom, imagination is a cruel taskmaster. If I may prove my case, do you think humans were designed to live in the present or the past or the future? Well, said Mac, hesitating, I think the most obvious answer is that we were designed to live in the present. Is that wrong? God chuckled. Relax, Matt. This is not a test. It's a conversation. You are exactly correct, by the way. But now, tell me, where do you spend most of your time in your mind, in your imagination, in the present, in the past, or in the future? Mac thought for a moment before answering, I suppose I would have to say that I spend very little time in the present. For me, I spend a big piece in the past, but most of the rest of the time I'm trying to figure out the future. Not unlike most people. When I dwell with you, I do so in the present. I live in the present, not the past, although much can be remembered and learned by looking back, but only for a visit, not for an extended stay. And for sure, I do not dwell in the future you visualize or imagine. Mac, do you realize that your imagination of the future, which is almost always dictated by fear of some kind, rarely, if ever, pictures me there with you. Again, Max stopped and thought, it was true. 
he spent a lot of time fretting and worrying about the future. And in his imaginations, it was usually pretty gloomy and depressing, if not outright horrible. And Jesus was also correct in saying that in Mac's imaginations of the future, God was always absent. Let me say that again, absent. Because I believe in the power of threes, absent. How much of your day is spent alone, absent God? Why do I do that, asked Mac. It is your desperate attempt to get some control over something you can't. It is impossible for you to take power over the future because it isn't even real. Nor will it ever be real. You try and play God, imagining the evil that you fear becoming reality, and then you try and make plans and contingencies to avoid what you fear. So why do I have so much fear in my life? Because you don't believe. You don't know that we love you. The person who lives by their fears will not find freedom in my love. I'm not talking about rational fears regarding legitimate dangers, but imagined fears and especially the projection of those into the future. To the degree that those fears have a place in your life, you neither believe I am good nor do deep in your heart that I love you. You sing about it. You talk about it, but you don't know it. So what do we do? What do we do? How, how is it that I, I'm climbing out of this place where I'm trying to understand a focus on personalities almost to the exclusion of facts? Personalities fear-driven perceptions of what others are thinking and doing and saying and why they're saying it. I don't know why someone is saying something. How do you climb out of that? Well, let's start by looking at the process that we get enmeshed in. We begin and we have now, we now have a disease, I guess it's called obsessive-compulsive disorder. Now, I recognize there are probably some people who don't think about what they do very much at all. But for the most part, most of us are thinking all the time and thinking about the judgments that we think others are having on what we are doing. And somehow we are using those judgments to justify what we are doing because we are trying to show how good we are. So we are good enough. We are enough. Let's start with that. Do you really live the life you live for when you are not living it, for when you are on the other side? So what if I were to tell you we all go to the other side? There's no place else to go. Would that change how you live your life? No. Because you don't live your life to go to the other side. You live your life because of how it makes you feel 
now. So when you find yourself in situations, by the way, it might make a difference for some people. I I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said no because I, I have an uncle who very definitely prays for my soul because he believes I'm doomed. And I believe that no matter what, I feel better about me when I am living my kindest life. But that involves not just kindness to others, but also kindness to myself. So what happens when my mind starts thinking about Joe or Bill or Tom or Mary, Josephine, uh, Martha? What do I do? What do I do? I'm coming to know that I cannot allow my mind to become consumed with anything for very long. So if it's about people, what I encourage you to do is a trick I learned a long time ago, and that is to send to those people thoughts. So let's say it's about Joe. And I find that I just can't think Excuse me, my tongue got in front of my uh, teeth. I keep thinking about how much Joe shouldn't be doing this. I am judging Joe. And why is Joe doing this? And I'm bringing Joe's behavior into my life. I am destroying my peace as I am moving into the chaos. I send to Joe everything I want for myself in life. Happiness peace, contentment, love, joy, companionship, security, respect. And as I do that, Joe begins moving out of my mind. I've told my children this. I've told others this. I promise you, if you find yourself caught up in Joe did you wrong, you will notice that your mind begins getting filled with this. Now, I can't speak for other people's minds, but I've had enough life experience after the number of years I've been alive to see that the vast majority of people worry about what Joe is thinking and why Joe is acting that way. And they're trying to fix Joe and they're trying to show Joe they're not who Joe thinks they are. Then just be who you are. And be who you are by every time Joe's name enters your mind. Send him what you want in life, the peace and joy that you want. I assure you, I promise you, that after a while you will feel Joe's name coming up into your spine before your mind, up your spine into your mind, before you ever... um, have his name fully there, and you can just send these good thoughts to him. It works. It works. And what else do I do? If I find myself in a situation that I I just, you know, I'm like all over myself, how I should have done it differently, and maybe I could have had other people act differently, once again, I don't have control over how they act. If I believe that, and that is consuming my mind, I kind of shake 
my left foot to let go of the constraints in my negative thinking about myself that have captured me from my whole life, how it's always my fault. Let go of that thinking. And I say, okay, God, what lessons are there in this for me to learn? Because I have no more time to feel this way. And then I breathe. Three deep, beautiful breaths. I breathe. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just be yourself today. God is right beside you. He'll guide you all the way. We're not in this alone. We need to reach out our hand and take the hand of God beside us. And I encourage you each to do that now. And we are going to do a small Raising Consciousness Prayer, and this one is for us, a meditation, and I'm looking for what to use. Remember, Annihil's Be Still Thy Soul is available online. You can go get it, listen to it every day. Let's go. We have about seven minutes here if I move quickly. Um, Excuse me, I've got a new computer, and I'm having to get my myself going here. Just a second. Let us go with farthest shore. And we're going to meditate together as we sit here holding the hand of God. Let us breathe in together. And as you're breathing in, match your breath with the breath of God. And you can do that because you are uniting yourself with God who is in the room with you. You are valuable. You are enough. You deserve your peace. Pull a deep breath in. I am enough. And as you breathe out, breathe out, I am needed. I am enough. 
I am needed. I am enough. I am needed. You do not have to bring in one giant breath at once and strangle yourself concentrating and holding that breath. Instead, sip in like you are singing because you are. You're singing the most important song in your life. You are loved by God. As you breathe out your last breath, reach out your hand that is not currently holding the hand of God. Take the hand of another listener's God. Together we form a circle that spans the planet. God, human, God, human, God, human. A circle of love, breathing in sync together. And feel the energy coming up your arms. From God on either side of you. Reminding you of your connection to all things, of your union with God. I am needed. Each and every one of you is a manifestation of God. And when you take time to reach out your hand or hands and hold on to the hands of God, you get refueled, you get reminded. that you are enough and that you are an actor in this planet, on this planet, by design, not accident. Believe in the wonder of you. Other people don't have to see it for it to be true. Breathing in, I am enough. Breathing out, I am needed. This time, breathe in, I am loved.
So today you have given approximately nine minutes of your time to just breathing with God. Put that in your life and you will find that you will rapidly overcome negative thinking because God is with you always. And that is true for the person who has been listening to this program with me today, who has the pain in the right shoulder and in the right chest. Release that pain in this moment to God and know that you are enough just as you are. You don't have to be perfect. It's not the last moment that matters, but the current. Namaste until next time.